what advice would you give employers that are looking at people in this kind of demographic that are getting out of school, that are about to, they're just graduating or about to graduate? What advice would you give employers, um, either on the training side, either on the giving a little bit of grace side? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Sure. Ironically, it's the same piece of advice. Come talk to us. Um, we are, you know, we're the experts when it comes to collegiate recruiting. Um, and, and, and it's funny, you know, I remember getting the resume from the CFO's office. Hey, this is my son's college roommate. Hire them for the internship program, you know, and nothing chase HR like an immediate, you know, C-level directive. And you're like, but that's not the way we should do this. And da, 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 da. So, so. You, you, you need to come and, and talk and build the partnership. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast focused on blending research and practical advice to help today's HR, talent, and learning leaders improve business outcomes. Let's welcome your host, Ben Eubanks. Welcome to the show. This is Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and really glad to have you here today. You know, one of the things that I love talking about is how we are preparing today's students, today's young professionals for what's ahead. We hear, keep hearing about you know, the future of work with, you know, big, bold letters and ominous tones and things like that. But there's the, the core fundamental piece of how do we make sure that they're ready for that very first job they get? How do we make sure they have those fundamental skills and things in place? And so today we're going to talk about some of those things. Uh, dig really deep into that conversation. I'm excited about this. So I have a very good longtime friend, John Nicolasian. He's actually the director of the Office of Business Career Management. He gets the award for longest title of the day at Florida International University. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. It's great to chat again and also great to be on the show thank you so very very much absolutely it is you and i have shared some adventures together here and there and, and everywhere it feels like um you are the one that is in charge we're out and about of finding some place that makes me very uncomfortable we have to go eat right that's that's kind of your task i mean we've we've moved you along the line you know i love it yes from french fries to uh, top us to whatever else, like we, we pulled it off. So I'm, I'm very thankful for you and for that influence you've had. Um, so I, I threw out your title a minute ago. Um, tell us more about who you are and what you do, John. Sure. So my name's John Nicolasian. I'm the director of the Office of Business Career Management at Florida International University, which is a, yes, it's long titles. Um, my job is to ensure that our students that are in, enrolled at the College of Business here at FIU um, get hired uh, once they graduate. It's pretty simple. I lead a team of about six full-time staff and another uh, ancillary team of about 15 uh, part-time and student assistants, and we serve 10,000 students in the College of Business. Um, if I use the fourth largest public university in the United States, uh, we grant more bachelor's and master's degrees to Hispanics than uh, any university. So we've got a lot of great diversity and um, we do a lot of work every day to ensure that our kids are our, our students. I'm sorry, I don't want to say kids, but uh, that our students are prepared and ready to enter the workforce. It's funny you said kids. I had I was going to start the intro with these kids today and decided not to do that because I was talking to someone yesterday. I'm like, oh, it's so hard to get away from that. And I hate when people do that to me. So I try to avoid doing that. But it's it's just one of those things. We fall into it. So 
fourth largest in the U.S., you said um, lots and lots of students coming through there. And as most of us would imagine, if anyone's had any recruiting time recently where you've been interviewing recent college grads or even people that are you know wrapping up their final year or final two years in college or trying to interview those candidates some of you might have realized that maybe they don't have all the skills they need to be successful on the job even some of the core basics and things so talk to me about what you're seeing john again 10,000 students served that's that's pretty incredible it's a population and that thing is turning over all the time so it's, a, it's not static it's that's growing all the time. What is the biggest gap that you're seeing for students between what they get there in school and what they need to succeed at work? You know, our world is, it, it, I don't want to, I don't want to freak people out with the numbers, um, but our world is a very unique world because most of our students are already working full time uh, and going to school full time and paying for their education. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really for us, a gap analysis for us looks at, okay, where can we triage and help? And it's, it's very different for, I want to say it's almost customized for almost every student that comes through. We leverage a lot of tech to help these students out. So we've got, um, because I have a small team, but we, we have, uh, we, we utilize AI in the workspace to ensure that their resumes are corrected. Um, we leverage tech for uh, interview prep, a lot of really cool things there. The gaps that I'm seeing are still traditional gaps, resumes, interviews, etiquette, um, dining etiquette, uh, and, 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 and just kind of, if they haven't been in the world of work, then they don't know how to do these certain things. So, Depending on where they are in their college career, if they're undergrad or if they're graduate students, we work with them based on where we see that gap, and that, that skills gap. Interesting. So let's pick one of those because I know when you and I talked about this earlier this year, the one that kind of popped out to me was something as simple as simple or seemingly simple. We'll say that as etiquette. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier that, that I kind of picked up on, you have students that might not have the same background. They're diverse, right, as as everyone else or as other colleges potentially, which might affect just the way that they're brought up, the culture, the norms, the social things might not be the same. And so talk about the etiquette piece and how you guys actually kind of target that. So we we found um, we we wanted to make sure that when we were when we were engaging the students that we could we could incorporate that into something that was a little bit more meaningful. And I've been with the university nine and a half years, and we were always offering an etiquette lunch or an etiquette dinner, and sometimes it was required in a class, sometimes it wasn't. And so what we decided to do was, was, was take this and take all the other learnings that we had and all the other workshops and finally put it all together in one dedicated career class. And so the, the secret sauce, and we started this back in January, what we started to do was to take students that were new or transferring into the College of Business. So we would get, you know, 2,000 at a time uh, coming in, in rough estimate. Uh, they would not have an idea of how to do anything. You know, what are the resources? How do I make my resume or whatever? How do I create a resume? And so we, we incorporated, we created this career class. Um, it is now required. And one big thing in the career class was, you know, we take time to teach them dining and professional business etiquette. And the ironic story about how that came to be really wasn't because of the undergrads. It was because of the graduate students. I was taking um, 
uh, you know, we were we were taking students to MBA career fairs, and I was having lunch at an MBA career fair, and the student next to me didn't know which water glass to reach for. And I sat there, and that was the aha moment. And and I, I would, I know everybody makes that mistake, and you got to kind of do the little BMW or, or or you know the B and the D with your hands and the and your plate. Um, but that was the aha moment for me where I was like, you know what? No, all of our graduate students need to need to know this. And so at some point, you know, either through our office or another office here at the, at the college, graduate students are also trained. Um, graduate students are also trained in, in dining and professional business etiquette. But the career class is really, really kind of the exciting thing and what we what we are able to do with that. So every student goes through there. They're now forced forced to mandatory. Right? They're, they're, <laughs> it's required. Yes, like nope. we're, they're not at gunpoint, but they're they're required to take this class because you and some of the others there have realized like wait a minute, it doesn't matter how much education, how much knowledge you put in their head, if they can't do something as simple as know how to behave behave and act and and get through a business lunch, like whether it's an interview or it's an other, hey, we're you know, first time on the job and you're sitting down with your own boss or your own manager to have this conversation and over lunch and like they totally make a mess out of that. Those things can have long lasting impacts. Not everyone is as forgiving or is as willing to you know be kind and coach someone on how to get through those things. Um, not everyone has a John, right? Like I have when we're going out somewhere and like having them walk them through, here's what to expect and here's how you act and here's the things you they're going to ask you and those kinds of things. Not everybody has that sort of environment around them. So by putting them through this class and requiring them to go through there, they're all getting that same basic foundation so that once they're once they move on, regardless of whether they, you know, rock it with a 4.0 or whatever else with their GPA, it doesn't matter. They all have that core fundamental foundation of here's how the career piece of this is going to work. And I now have an awareness of those things I didn't even know before, potentially. Well, you know, what we what we wanted to do. So I'm a former recruiter. You spent time in the recruiting chair. We've both been generalists before. You know, for us, the world of work or the world of how people get jobs is almost like common, right? Okay, you go to the internet, you have a network, you know, we have some weird rote process or mentality in our brains that's been ingrained because of the nature of the world that we work in. We work in the business of getting people jobs or we work in the business of work. Students, yeah don't really have that opportunity or, or can't make those 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 can't connect those mental dots. And so when I sat back and looked at, okay, how are we doing this? What are we teaching? How what are students exposed to? I was very, very proud of the fact that, you know, listen, for the last part of a decade, my office has been offering video interviewing for students. They just had to go and learn how to learn how to use it and, and find it. And you know, there there are now very large firms out there that are that are utilizing uh, that the platforms have become standardized across the HR tech marketplace. I mean, you're the HR tech expert; you would know who the big players are. But we have we have we have always offered that to students. You know, students have to apply to jobs online. You know, they have exposure to a CRM here internally at the at the, at the college because they have to use it to use the things in our office. So students. I'm very proud, and, and, and that was also part of the impetus of the class. It was it was to it was to connect those dots so that we could say, when a student graduates from our college, they have been exposed to the technology and the current technology that is being used in the workplace today to hire people. That's pretty powerful, and that's what we've been working towards for the last four years. And it's 
and it's and it's helped to fill in those gaps. It hasn't solved all the problems. I mean, we know this tech doesn't solve every problem, but we've been able to help these students make that intellectual connection and that intellectual leap. And we've had to do this at scale. So, you know, part of the thing that I didn't tell you is we've got students that are taking this class online. We've got students that are in online programs that don't come to Miami. They might be living in another state. Um, and they take a part of the, they take this class or they take a, you know, at the graduate level, we have a, a version of this class, but they all get that exposure and they all, my, my wish, <laughs> my one wish is that they can connect those dots and it makes sense. Yes. If only, right. Let's, let's, let's wave your magic wand and let's hope that it all makes sense for them. I, well, I think even that piece of it is interesting because we, it's easy to forget. And even I didn't think about that when you were talking about your students, all the students locally that are walking into a classroom and they're going through these things physically in a physical environment, it's one thing to see this, see this, understand it. But for those that are that are remote, they don't always get those same experiences, right? So how can we build this this experience for them in a virtual sort of scenario? Whether it's, I don't even know, I have no clue how you guys are pulling that one off, but to to help them understand those those key things, right? Because we learn so much experientially by being able to touch it and see it or screw it up and figure out how to do it right the next time by getting the coaching and feedback. Those pieces are a big part of how we learn. And so I think that's really interesting that you guys are doing that. So I want to ask you to give a piece of advice because you sit in this really unique place. I'm going to have you give a piece of advice to a couple different audiences. Okay. Kind of rapid fire. Are you ready? I'll be rapid fire. You don't, you take as much time as you need because I think it's what you have to say is very important. So number one, there are people listening to this that are involved in the education space. They are like, oh, that career class sounds like a cool idea. What advice would you give them to follow in your footsteps, be successful as you've been? Hey, don't do this because we screwed it up. Any advice or lessons learned that you would offer to someone that's in the education space that wants to help out? Yes. So um, the first syllabus or the first set of things that you write, the first iteration is not going to be what you end up with. Be prepared. You're going to do multiple iterations. Um, priorities, priorities are going to change. Um, I took a modular approach because we've got a lot of great content and you've got a lot of great content. You can build these modules and then plug play and move it around. Um, but yeah, the first iteration, the first draft uh, wasn't, um, yeah, wasn't going to be good. Also, another caveat, you need to speak in terms of how the students are speaking now. One of the fun things that we did was we purposely were a little cheeky with some things in the syllabus. So for instance, we talked about um, virtual interviewing or video interviewing and the actual title in the chapter is how do I interview with a machine? And that changes the dynamic of the conversation and goes, oh yes, how do you how do you interview with a machine? <laughs> or or the other my other favorite one was OMG, did I just say that on the interview? So don't be afraid to have fun. Don't be afraid to have some fun with it. Right? That's that's that is way more interesting than here's the here's you know Three tips on how to prepare for your interview. Like, okay. How to do a star interview answer. You know, no. OMG, did you just say that? What, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> My four-year-old was say, was walking around last night because he's just learned OM goodness is how he walks around saying it. And so that's what popped in my head when you said that. Like, oh, goodness, I, I can only imagine uh, what he's going to say in his interviews. Lord, help us all. 
Okay. Um, so there's a little bit of advice for someone, uh, and we'll make sure and get your your LinkedIn profile, whatever else, your your contact at the end of this, so that anybody else that thinks like, oh, I'd love to know more from John, like we're gonna we're gonna open those floodgates. Sorry, buddy. Um, all right. Second audience, students and recent grads, someone that's coming up on graduation, like, oh man, I I just realized I don't have any of these these things he's talking about, or someone that just got out and is like, I'm not sure, I'm probably gonna brush up on this, or trying to get a job in my resume, I think it sucks. Like, what advice would you give them? Okay, so it's never too late to go to the office. That's what they're there for. So if you, listen, if you're if you if you're at a junior college or community college, there are resources available to you. You need to go and ask. If you're at a, at a university, same rule applies. You need to find and go and ask. My job is to serve the students and ensure that they get hired. It's very, very simple. We are not going to turn students away. These individuals that work on these teams and in these departments, they're not going to turn students away. Yes, if you come, if you wait until graduation or the day after you graduate and you're like, hey, I'm here, it's too late. You should be going now. But I'm not going to turn somebody away. It'll take you a little bit longer. You'll have to work a little bit harder. You'll have to hustle twice as hard as opposed to before, but you will get help. I think it's this stigma of, oh, I can do it on my own, or, oh, I can go talk to my friends, or, oh, I don't need to go to them. Google it, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh Google, yeah, my favorite. Um, but, but go to the office and have the conversations. People are always willing to help. And it, it, it helps because we're academic. I don't want to say we're academics. We're, you know, some of us are, are former recruiters or former headhunters. You can say things to us that you can't say in the workplace or in the job search, and we're not going to look at you cross-eyed and like be, oh, you're out. You know what I mean? Like you could say something to me, and I'm going to say, all right, let's. Let, I call those teachable moments. I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a great teachable moment. Let's pause. Why did you say that? What's going on here? That 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 you know, you get a little bit of a safety net, and I, and and I think people appreciate that. I mean, we're not and we're not jerks about it. One of the things I was thinking of as I was listening to you say those things is you come from a recruiting background. That's what you were amazing at before you got into this role. And so you, just knowing what I know about you, are probably pretty competitive. You're like, I want you to get that job before someone else does. And so I'm going to help you be the best. I'm going to help coach you. I'm going to help teach you. And so they need to come to someone that has that same mindset again, versus their friend versus I know your, you know, your uncle's a nice guy, but he doesn't, he doesn't know if he hasn't looked for a job in 30 years. Don't take his advice. Don't sit there looking through the newspaper on Sunday. It's not going to help you, right? <laughs> you can get advice from someone that has actually hired people, that knows what, the, what to look for, that knows the kind of things that do turn a hiring manager's head or that do get on the recruiter's radar. Like that's the kind of things that students are always asking me about. I'm getting hit up on LinkedIn and the email all the time through the blog. People are like, Hey, I'm trying to get a job and I can't get traction. What do I do? Thank goodness I've written enough now. I'm like, here's three links. Go read these. If they don't answer your question, come back because 99% of what they want to know is there, but they want to feel like they, it's easy to feel when you're one of the students, like you're the only one. And as John just said, you are not the only one. Everybody has that same kind of feeling. And so go and take advantage of a resource that's already there. That's dedicated to helping. Uh, I love that advice. Awesome. Okay. Third and final audience here, employers. Right? These are the people that are hiring these kinds of people. They might be interviewing them. They might be looking at them. They're like, you know, again, let's go to that first thing. Kids these days, you know, they, they just don't know how to act or they, they're, they're all entitled or they're spoiled or they don't know how to have a conversation. 
Some cases, yes, I would say that's true, but some cases, absolutely not, right? It's all just like a 50-year-old. It's all over the place. Like there's there's no perfect person. And so talk about that piece a little bit. What advice would you give employers that are looking at people in this kind of demographic that are getting out of school, that are about to, they're just graduating or about to graduate? What advice would you give employers um, either on the training side, either on the giving a little bit of grace side? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Sure. Ironically, it's the same piece of advice. Come talk to us. Um, we are, you know, we're the experts when it comes to collegiate recruiting. Um, and, and, and it's funny, you know, I remember getting the resume from the CFO's office. Hey, this is my son's college roommate. Hire them for the internship program. You know, and nothing chafes HR like an immediate you know, C-level directive, and you're like, but that's not the way we should do this. And da, 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 da. So, so you, you you need to come and and talk and build the partnership. It, I I can it, I will take all comers. We work with everybody. Um, I know who the big players are, and I know what the big players are doing. I'll give you a I'll give you a very good recent example. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave some, some, some details out just for fun. Three-letter agency in the United States government. Um, they come on campus, and they came to us about three years ago, and they said, hey, John, you know, we want to be a kinder, gentler version of this three-letter agency. How do we do it? And I said, easy, this, this, and this. And they looked at me, and they were like, really? And I'm like, yeah, that's all you need to do. I said, okay. Fast forward. Uh, we just had a, a debrief meeting with them, and applications to this agency from our university are up 100%. Interviews are up in the triple-digit range, and offers are at 107%, conditional offers, based on you know just the, find, the first and going through that process. This is a three-letter agency in the United States government. It takes a long time to hire. So we were very, very, and they, and they, you know, they were like, you know, thank you for the advice and it worked out. But the same advice that I give an agency is the same advice I give Amazon is the same advice I give the mom and pop down the street or, you know, the, the, the startup. We know our audiences. And so we want to do our best to help you attract the talent. It's, it's easy to come in and be like, well, this is what I want and your students are horrible and no, 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 no. You know, and you're like, no. Let's let's pause. We can help. It's a symbiotic relationship, and, and we can do this. Um, that's the advice. Come see us. Come talk to us. I have a, it's a it's a personal point of pride for me. Like the same attention I give the big corporations is the same attention I give the small startups. It's the same attention I give uh, medium to small size firms. I want my kids hired. I'm gonna help you. You give the federal government a little more attention just because you don't want them to audit you. But other than that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're now surveilling all of your all of your conversations you're having. Um, no, okay. I live in Miami, Ben. Why would you? Why would that surprise you? <laughs> oh goodness. Um, so I was going to say one of the things that occurred to me there is you're talking about that is you. So you spend a lot of time in the business world, right? Again, work for different ranges of companies and types and industries and everything else. But even then, it's still easy for you to lose touch a little bit. So for your own benefit, you're like, hey, I love when. XYZ company comes to me, whether it's small or big, because you are in the loop on, okay, this is what they need. This is the talent they're looking for. These, oh, wait a minute. This job has actually changed in the last 10 years. Used to be skills A, B, and C. Now it's X, Y, and Z. And so those things are helpful for you too, because you realize, hey, wait a minute. We need to make sure that we are 
just like in this career class, right? Training our students so that they're job ready. So they hit the ground running when they're leaving here, not stumbling and falling because that doesn't look good for them. It doesn't look good for you either. No one wants that. And that's never the intent. But the problem is when business are like, no, 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 we'll just wait and see what, what comes out, you know, with that diploma. And then we'll, then we'll decide if we're going to hire it. Well, that's like, that's, yeah, that's a silly sort of way of approaching it. Be very proactive. All right. The, the range of employer partnerships, I don't even have all the insight there, but it could, like, you can be like, I'm going to dip my toe in the water. I'm just going to do a career fair and see what kind of students they have. That's like the, the least amount of effort you can put into it, and that's probably not the best idea if that's all you're going to do, all the way up to, hey, we're going to talk to them and find out we really need a specific kind of talent, and this is local for us, and we could pull a lot of students from there if they had these skills. And I've talked to a lot of employers, uh, actually last week at this event that I was at, that I was at, they said, hey, we actually have partnered with our local university, our local community college, our local you know, technical school, whatever else, because we needed these students and they don't exist anywhere. These skills we need don't exist. And so we partner with them to come up with a new course. And if those students are interested in coming to this industry, they just take that one course on this normal track for their, their, uh, their degree, and suddenly they're qualified for these kinds of jobs we have available. Right? It can go very in-depth like that, or it can be as far back as just, hey, we're going to show up at a career fair and hope for the best. And there's a wide range of ways they can they can work with you, but it all starts with just coming forward and saying, hey, we, we want to take advantage of these students you've been educating for the last four years. Like, how can we do that? Yeah. And, and you know, and, and the other thing, too, is, it's, you know, we know in our world it's about your network. It's about who you know. Um, if, if, if I have the ability to also bring in my department chairs or, or, or the professors that are at the, you know, that are the front lines – um, you know, companies want class time. Professors want uh, companies to come in and give real-world examples. That's that's a win-win for everybody. So we we you know we're always having those conversations and, and helping facilitate that as well. Um, and yeah, low barrier to entry. You know, post a job, come to a career fair. But when you when you want to start engaging or having these conversations, and that's where the real learning takes place. It's at this engagement level. It's about it's. A, it's at that diversity recruiting level. Hey, how do I attract more diverse candidates? Um, how do I get more people of color or women of color or women in these roles? John, what are your statistics? How do, how do I appeal to this particular group? Okay, we can we can talk and we can consult on that. And it's and it's not as scary as everybody thinks it is. And, and it's a heck of a lot of fun too. I mean, you know, if you're if you're talking to the young people, you're in the trenches. You're you're you know you're you're all learning, which is a great thing. Yes. Yes. Well, you are the thing I know about you and probably it's become apparent through the conversation today, but you are young at heart. And that's something that probably makes you very well suited for the role you're in. <laughs> I would imagine. Oh, it's, my, it's my teenager's fault. I have a teenager and uh, she keeps me on my toes. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I, Get ready. I, I'm trying not to. Every day something reminds me of that and I'm trying to avoid it at all costs. So. Goodness. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, John, if they want to connect you on LinkedIn or whatever else, I'll make sure and get your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Or if there's any other way that they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Sure. You can reach me uh, actually at my uh, state email. Um, it is J-N-Y-K-O-L-A-I, J-Nikolai, at F-I-U.E.D. Uh, it's, yeah, that's my uh, that's my work email. Um, it's the best way to get a hold of me. My my contact info is on my LinkedIn as well. Um, and you know, there's my joke about cat herding because this job I think is you know mostly herding cats because there's just so many things happening in so many different directions. So. You know what? I couldn't think of someone better, John. I'm 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 really I'm honored to know you, and I'm really glad for the students there that they have someone 
of your not just of your your attitude and everything else but the quality of work you do and everything else I'm, I'm i am thankful on their behalf so hopefully they know but if they don't know i'm thankful on their behalf for the work you're doing thank you ben. i appreciate that it means a lot well thank you for joining me today this is so much fun john absolutely a pleasure you know anything for you and 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 thank you for for allowing us to to get the word out and uh, i wish you nothing but the best awesome Thank you, John. Appreciate it. To everybody else, thank you for joining us on this episode of We're Only Human. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to We're Only Human. Please take a moment to share this episode with another HR leader who might see it as a valuable resource in their daily work. For more information about the podcast and to see all our show archives, please visit upstarthr.com.